Hello and welcome to another episode of the Diet Obsessed Podcast. I am your host, Veronica Santarelli, and this is a podcast for those of us who are just obsessed with all things diet culture, and we're trying to find some balance in this world full of extremes. All right, so let's get into the episode. So today, just to start with my own little health journey, I am still not binging, which I'm very proud of myself for. I am starting to incorporate some more balance, if you will, meaning, you know, on Friday night, went out with my girls, had some lots, lots of cocktails, um, and we ended up having, I mean, I here's the thing, when I go out to eat, I do want to make sure that it's delicious. So I like to eat really, really like very whole foods, non-processed through the week so that when I go out to a restaurant, I'm just ready to indulge a little bit. So I had ordered, we had ordered this, um, this cornbread that had these green chilies in it. Oh my God. I think that was actually the highlight of the meal and, uh, this melted butter on top. It was to die for. And then some Brussels sprouts, which were pretty good. And then I ordered this fried shrimp and French fry dish, which uh, very healthy, but it was good. It wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. I did not like the style of fries. I'm a thin, crispy kind of girl. And these were like this this weird shape of a French fry that I've never seen that had like a little bit of a crispy edge, but then the center was kind of like roundish and puffy. Anyway, not my type of fry, but my friends liked them. So they ate the majority of the fries. I had a few shrimp. Uh, it was really good. So, and then Saturday I went out with my boyfriend and some friends and I mean, I, I wasn't that hungry that morning because I had so much the night before. So I just had some raw cucumbers that I already had cut up just, just to get something in my stomach. Um, and then we then proceeded to have some cocktails again on Saturday and we, we didn't eat that much. I think we just drank too much, uh, you know, so we shared a pizza. So we only got two slices of that pizza and we shared some onion rings. I only got one onion ring and we had a salad, which was pretty good. And then we had heavy beer, which I did not want beer, but we went to a brewery. So that was really all I could choose from. So, and we ordered a pretzel with some beer cheese. Um, so I ate a little bit of that, but I was so full, I think from all the I I usually like to drink just like a a clear vodka or and soda water of some kind, some flavored vodka. But that day I was I don't know there just wasn't good there weren't good vodkas available like flavored vodka. So I don't know I just ended up drinking these very sugary drinks and I just think I, I, because I haven't been dr- having that much processed sugar when I am drinking like beer and heavier sugary drinks I just get so full and just ugh, I don't know food just is not as appetizing. So I really didn't eat that much that day, but definitely consumed too much alcohol. And then Sunday, uh, I did, I made some fresh squeezed OJ, which is just delicious. This juicer that I have, it's like, it's almost like this creamy orange juice. It's so good. And I'm not a huge juice drinker. Um, but this juicer has like, I, I love it. And I have an orange tree that grows in my backyard. So I'm like, oh, I might as well make some fresh orange juice every once in a while. And then, um, and then I did have like this pot, like little pasta bowl that had um, some fake sausage, some like veggie sausage with, you know, the sauce. So, you know, I didn't eat crazy. I did have a Dairy Queen <laughs> blizzard that night. Um, 
but I didn't, I wouldn't say it was a binge. I just, for my meals, I just chose like much heavier and obviously some processed foods over the weekend. And honestly, that is the the, the balance that I want to have. I want to be able to have my weekends and really enjoy and go out and have different types of foods and then have a more structured week. That is honestly how I feel my best because I don't want to restrict myself and I do like to just let myself indulge. Um, So that's how I like to create balance. Um, And I've also been really consistent with moving my body, which has felt really good this week. Um, I actually did take, I, over the past week I did, but I did take a few days off because I hurt my hip and I just, it was kept getting worse and worse as I kept working out. So I just needed to like rest for a couple days. And honestly, sometimes when you've been pushing yourself, rest really is just so good for your body. And, you know, you really need to listen to it when you're at that point. So anyway, so that's a little journey uh, update on my health journey. And now what I wanted to do was get into a review of the Skinny Confidential podcast. Uh, And this week they had, or was it last week, they had this woman named Melissa Urban who created the Whole30 Diet. And I was so, 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 so excited that she was a guest on uh, Lauren's podcast because I've wanted to learn more about the whole 30 diet. I've I've heard of it obviously many times and you know, it's pretty self-explanatory. It's whole foods for 30 days, right? Um but I but I knew there was more to it. I just didn't really understand and I did assume it was like a weight loss program and or you know, a health program if you will, you know, but really meant for people to lose weight. And so so I was just really fascinated by the founder's background, her story, uh, and the details of the diet. So I, I'm very curious, have any of you out there done the Whole30 diet? If you have, I would love to hear about it and share your feedback on this podcast next week. So uh, I'm on Instagram at the Diet Obsessed Podcast. So please DM me if you've done this Whole30 diet and and let me know how it worked for you and what you what you did it for um were you able to complete the 30 days uh how did you feel did you see any health changes i'd be really curious to hear from anyone in the audience um but anyway so lauren is you know got first into her background just she grew up in nashville new hampshire which was awesome i know that area very well that's where i went to school um and she grew up with her mom at home, you know, very traditional. Her dad worked. And, you know, she grew up very smart, nerdy is what she called herself, an introvert, you know, very close with her big family, which was a Catholic Portuguese family. So very close. And they all eat dinner together. She said, you know, her mom cooked meals. And, and but when it came to like, you know, the indulgences, so Pepsi or, you know, a Klondike bar, which is what they kept in the freezer. She would always, her mom would always have her take half. So half a cup of Pepsi or half a Klondike bar. And, you know, they'd eat at dinner at eight. So it was very structured and um, it didn't sound like it was crazy restrictive. It just sounded like her mom was watching their portions. And it'd be, I'd be interested to, to hear what she, you know, if, if I could ask her, did you think your mom did that? as a restriction or just maybe that's what her mom taught her. Um, But anyway, so I I just love the details that were there. 
And so this Melissa, who created the Whole30, who was the guest here, had has a background of, you know, uh, addiction. And so Lauren got into that. She asked, you know, I want to kind of understand the first time that you tried drugs and alcohol. And so Melissa was sharing her story of being sexually assaulted at 16 by a family member. And, you know, I, I can't imagine that scenario happening in a big family like that because, you know, as as happens you know, too often you hear these horror stories where the family didn't handle it well. And, you know, when you, if you watch Intervention, I mean, tons of those uh, people that, that devolve into addiction often have, you know, a trauma like a sexual abuse or something like that early in their childhood. And Melissa had turned to alcohol first. It was easy to access. But she said that, you know, weed, cannabis was what took her away from the trauma. And, uh, and I don't think it was just weed that she stayed on after that. I think she got into a lot of other hard drugs, but I think she preferred drugs over alcohol. I mean, alcohol is a drug, but you know what I'm saying. Um, And she basically, you know, spent the next two years kind of being that, being in that addiction, but, you know, she was very high functioning. So she was able to kind of come off as if she was okay. Uh, and she felt shame, but she didn't know how to advocate for herself. And, you know, now that she has children, she, she really teaches them strong boundaries. And, you know, so she, she sounds very, very introspective uh, and very clear about, you know, her past. She said that the next five years she dated drug dealers. She would bounce between households. Um, you know, but she still functions. So it, it, she was able to evade people from, you know, knowing the, the real problem that was happening. Um, and it was, wasn't until her, you know, Lauren asked, you know, what, what was that final point where you made a change? And it was actually her live-in boyfriend that finally called her out. And she calls her the favorite ex-boyfriend because she would be out all night, you know, have panic attacks. She's just acting erratically. And so he was basically like, we can't do this anymore. He he was somebody that maybe used a little bit recreationally, but it wasn't his entire life like it was hers. And so he finally called her out. Um, and at that moment, she said that she felt this very spiritual moment where she felt her grandfather's presence and she was always very close to her grandfather um, and that she knew at that moment that she had to go to rehab. And she went that night. And so Lauren was asking, you know, what was rehab like? And, you know, Melissa was, you know, honest about the fact that she comes from a very privileged background where she had great insurance. She was able to detox and rehab and go to counseling after. And she was able to be clean for a year. She was in therapy. But at that year mark, she relapsed. Uh, She'd gone to a party. She uh, was invited to go do drugs and she went and then she kind of went on a bender. And after a few weeks using at that point, she ended up checking herself back into outpatient group therapy, back into rehab. And she found a good therapist that actually called her out versus, you know, kind of maybe not enabling, but just she needed someone that really called her on her shit. Um, and so that was her background where, you know, there was addiction and Lauren asked then, you know, when did this health journey start? So what Melissa had to do at that point was change everything, change her friends, change her clothes, change into a growth mindset. And she, she was like, okay, I'm going to become a new person. And, and I think this is really cool because it really speaks to 
at any moment you can change your life. And I truly, truly believe that. I believe our lives can become radically different overnight and we can create anyone we want to be. I mean, even me doing this podcast is that. I mean, I I always had a dream of being on the radio or being in a in a position where I could use my voice professionally and, and mainly be speaking about things that I'm passionate about. And I never thought I would have an opportunity to have a radio or podcast and I'm just doing it. Even though I have like no followers. Thank you to all you out there that are listening and tell your friends, but you know, just just going and doing it and saying, you know what, I'm going to start a podcast and being that person and just doing it like anyone out there can start to become who they want to be, become the version of themselves that they want to be. I truly, truly do, do believe in that. And so, but to do that, she took steps. I mean, she changed her friends, she did all those things. She started and she was like, okay, I'm going to become a healthy person. What does a healthy person do? And it was a very simple thought process where she's like, I'm going to get up early in the morning and I'm going to go to the gym. And so she she just became focused on doing that one habit. And I'm a huge believer in accomplishing very small goals and celebrating those wins. Every small win is a victory and deserves to be celebrated. And that's how you, you know, cheer yourself on to accomplish bigger goals. So she started out with that five days a week, going to the gym in the morning. Um, she's, and, she, and because of that, consistently, she started eating better, started eating less processed, you know, wanted to reinvent herself and realize that, you know, she could do that through health. Um, and I think, you know, she she does talk about how, uh, you know, for the first six months, she was probably working out an unhealthy amount. I mean, I did see a workout video she put out. And I mean, she's super ripped. I mean, she she was in CrossFit. I mean, that she ended up owning a CrossFit gym, and you get into insane shape in CrossFit. Um, but she said she basically traded addictions, especially in that first six months, because she was working out an unhealthy amount. And you know that is very common with addiction is you just trade addictions, and it, it can be for healthy things, but you can do it to excess. So she said that um, she traded addiction. She said her only goal was to show up. She didn't have a structured plan at that point yet. She just had like a friend that would, you know, kind of show her some machines and she'd do the machines. And um, but 2006 is actually when she started CrossFit and she got into kettlebells and she actually was like, this is fun. Like working out can actually be fun. Uh, That was actually a huge turning point for me when I like I used to be the gym girl, the gold's gym girl that would go and do like my biceps and my abs and, you know, my back and legs one day or, you know, my shoulders and triceps another day. You know, it'd be like the body parts. And then once I started working for that very upscale health club Equinox, I um, I learned science-based fitness. I learned functional movements. I learned the importance of Pilates and yoga. It, it did take me some time to get into Pilates and yoga at, at Equinox, but I'm, I love both Pilates and yoga and understand, you know, what it does to your small twitch muscle fibers and um, how overall, I mean, some of those very small movements are how you get the best results. So, um, so anyway, so she was like, oh, this is fun. Now, I never, I still have not done CrossFit. I wanted to try one. And actually, maybe I'll go try one as, and do a review on it for one of my episodes because I, I have wanted to try it. It's just, it's not really my thing. I have to say I'm more of an, I'm, I'm very much a lone wolf. I, I like to work out on my own. I like to, 
you know, go into my headspace and zone out and daydream and manifest and, you know, listen to the music and get into my vibe and feel like I'm in a Britney Spears video. Um, but, you know, but and CrossFit is more, you know, it's group fitness. It's very team oriented. Uh, it's, it's, you know, doing these, I mean, I, I feel like I would probably injure my back at CrossFit because for some reason I, I would not do the deadlifts. Deadlifts, every time I do deadlifts, and I know how to have proper form, but for whatever reason, deadlifts like destroy my back. Um, and, and CrossFit is about going to like, uh, what's it called? Going to failure or going to like exhaustion where you just like max yourself out. And so at Equinox, because we had such a great yoga program and Pilates program, people would come to Equinox after they had injured themselves at CrossFit and have to rehabilitate their their bodies through the more gentle workouts of yoga and Pilates. But anyway, I, I do think, um, you know, I do think that CrossFit is a cool workout. I definitely will try it. I think that that's a good episode to to have on here. But anyway, so she not only got into CrossFit, she, she bought one, she started one, took out a franchise or whatever. And at that point, she was eating the zone diet. Do you, do you guys remember the zone diet? Did anybody do the zone diet? But she just said that was very popular at CrossFit. You know, then paleo. I, I remember every all the trainers at Equinox were doing the paleo diet, um, which is basically like eating like a caveman. So I think on paleo, you can't have rice, but you're supposed to have, you know, whole foods that that the cavemans could have, the cavemen could have eaten back in the day. That was, and again, I probably should research the paleo diet and learn more about that. Anyway, um, so basically the way that, um, so she was, she said that this is kind of like how it was born. So, um, so Lauren asked, like, how did the whole 30 plan start? And she said that, um, you know, at CrossFit, again, she'd been eating the zone diet, she was eating paleo, and she was eating thin mints out of the sleeve, which, yum, that made me crave Girl Scout cookies. Uh, but she was eating thin mints out of the sleeve. And she said to her partner, or maybe her partner said to her, like, let's, what do you think of doing a squeaky clean diet, where we remove that 20% of the processed stuff? Um, you know, and again, addicts are good at restrictive challenges and, and, you know, and I think just having come from the fitness world, having lived in it so long and now having that kind of ingrained in my body, cause I was in the industry, it, it is, if you're somebody that likes to set goals and, and hit goals, I find, and you like, you know, nutrition, I think it is sometimes fun to challenge yourself with your nutrition and, um, you know, and people that are really into fitness and into uh, bodybuilding or into these things are definitely like challenges like this. And she found that it gave her more energy. She said it made her realize how she was using food like a drug to self-soothe for anxiety. I mean, I for sure do that. I, I definitely self-soothe with food. Um, but I, again, I... I personally don't think that that's, I don't know, I, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think that sometimes we need food to soothe us. And it's, you know, it can be a lot better than other things if you are incorporating exercise and you're not like, you know, if you're doing it with some balance in your life. So anyway, so she was asked, you know, you know, what that 30 day is about. And so basically, um, what she had realized is that she needed to 
eat. I don't know what that note is. Sorry. Let me skip that part. Anyway, so she she was asked like really like what this is about and and really the point of the whole 30 and because i definitely did think like lauren that it was about weight loss and because they have this like cult following and really what she, what melissa described it as is a reset it's a 30 day self experiment where you eliminate foods that are problematic which include grains beans peanuts or legumes soy dairy added sugar alcohol processed foods um, and she said it's specifically it is an elimination diet it is very restrictive and it needs to be rigorous like that because you know it, it you're, it you're the point of it is to understand what different food groups are affecting you and you know instead of going and getting you know all these tests that you can do to understand your intolerances this is a way that you eliminate things and then add them back in so you can't have oatmeal or bread or rice or pasta or corn and she said that people have reported improvements in sleep energy allergy migraine and so lauren's just like well what can you eat you know and so melissa's on this you know on the whole 30 diet and so melissa was like whole real nutrient dense foods that um like meat seafood eggs fruits and vegetables natural fats uh, only carbs are the only carbs that you have are from vegetables and fruits, and there's no restricting in terms of counting calories. Obviously, you're eliminating all those other food groups, and you know she admits it's definitely a challenge. I uh, okay, pausing on this diet, I would not be. I don't know. I don't think I could do this for thirty days in a row. I just, you know, for me, and I know you're not supposed to like take pride in eating all whole foods in a day like you're not supposed to take pride in like the food that you eat but I have to say if I have a day where I've completely eaten whole foods and didn't have even any like little square of like chocolate or something at the end of the night there is a sense of accomplishment there and I and because I do call that clean eating I mean it's eating whole foods you're not putting anything processed Overall, for a good lifestyle, I like the 80-20 rule where you're eating, you know, whole foods 80% of the time and then 20% is whatever the hell you want it to be. It can be fast food. It can be, you know, whatever. I, that's how I like to eat. That's that's the way I eat over the weekends. Um, once I'm at a weight that I want to, to stay at, that's a good way to maintain weight. 80-20 rule and, you know, exercise. I think... Not being able to have some rice with my salmon, not being able to have some oatmeal in the morning, not being able to have, you know, um, you know, some farro salad or some, um, you know, I don't know. I would just, I would miss though some of those things. It's too restrictive for me. And I just honestly... And I also, now, if I had health problems, right, if I had, now I am, I do have some seasonal allergies right now, but I don't have rashes. I don't have gut health problems. I don't have, you know, I'm very fortunate that I don't have any of these kind of like autoimmune or, uh, or, or any of these issues that are, and again, autoimmune is probably the wrong word, but, um, 
But I think intolerances to some of these things like dairy, like soy, some people really do have very harsh reactions to them. And so for people that do, I absolutely understand why something like this, like this plan could be very useful to them. And, um, you know, and, and I'm trying to, I mean, my, my boyfriend had cancer. I want him eating whole foods the majority of the time because of that. You know, the other day he was, he was hobbling around like he was 90 years old I and mean, he's 46 or, you know, and I'm like, okay, we need to start working on your core. Again, this is not, this is so that you are not in pain every single day. I don't care if you lose weight. I don't care. You know, I'm not focused on the number on the scale. I'm focused on helping you not be in pain the rest of your life. So now we have our little three times a week. We do our core exercises. I'm super excited that I've gotten him into a routine doing that. Um, You know, I can't control what he eats. He definitely eats way too many processed foods. You know, he's complaining the other night that he didn't lose any weight that week. And I'm like, well, anyway. Um, I was clearly being judgmental in my head, but you know, he's, he's, he's definitely not someone who eats any vegetables. I want him to be able to eat more vegetables. Anyway, I'm coming off on a tangent here. Sorry. Um, so, so anyway, so I personally, like, I like the crap too. And I go out with my boyfriend and we eat the crap together. I do, I do think it's important to eat you know, lots of whole foods and lots of vegetables overall to maintain overall health. And but again, something this restrictive would be way, way, way. I just I would not I'd be a miserable person. I really would. I'm not a nice person when I'm feeling like I'm being restricted. So I, I restrictive, you know, diet plans are not for me. And this would be too restrictive. Again, if you have health problems, I think this is a really good thing. Um, so Lauren asked, how much can you lose? And Melissa was very quick to say that weight loss is not the goal. She said the Whole30 is not a weight loss diet. It encourages people to not focus on the scale. She said it's more about focusing on your energy level, your sleep, your pain level, inflammation level, and, you know, you don't want the scale to be that metric for success. So, and I can get that. Now, if I ate that restrictive and didn't lose weight, if I want if if weight loss really was in my head, I would be very pissed because clearly you're, you're restricting a lot of things. Um, but I think, I mean, I think it's smart for her to say that it's not all about, you know, weight loss because any, any, way of eating, any structured way of eating really should be about the way that you feel um, and maintaining overall health. So, you know, this is very focused on health. It's just very, very restrictive. Um, You know, but the fact that you do get, you know, unlimited vegetables and fruits, that is a good thing. I mean, fruits can definitely satisfy me for dessert. And some vegetables are, are, you know, starchy and, and can satisfy a little bit of that itch. But I don't know. A lot of, you know, some of those things just can't replace rice or, you know, some some potato or well, you can't have potato. Anyway, so sh- you know, she Melissa was, well, first Lauren asked, you know, what is wrong with diets that do promote weight loss? And so then Melissa went into 
you know, just the fact that we're told forever by the media, by the patriarchy, by diet culture, that we should be small and that our self-worth is tied to the number on the scale. And it's all about, you know, getting that number smaller and your body shape and, you know, smaller is better. And it's, it's just bad for your psyche. Um, and she, she really looked at and was talking about too, um, restriction on calories that a lot of these diet plans are restrictive on how many calories that you can eat and that can create disordered eating habits. She was honest in, in saying that whole 30 could create that too, because it is very restrictive and any really structured program can lead to disordered eating. Um, and I could see that. I mean, if I was so careful about not putting a process, one processed thing in my mouth for 30 days, I might get weird about it once that 30 days is over because I I don't know. I, I could just see how that could cause some issues for somebody. Um, but, but I think she's smart in just saying, look, it's not for everybody. To each his own. This is what this is. It's an elimination diet for overall health. Um so, you know, and she, she talked about how diets that are under a caloric restriction can lead to, uh, you know, a loss of willpower, which leads to feeling like a failure. And, you know, I can definitely understand that. I mean, you know, it is important to, you know, feel hit goals that you set for yourself so that you build good self-esteem. Um, but her her point was that she wants Whole30 to be an alternative um, and for this to be a way for people to change the foods that they put on their plate, but don't do it from a diet culture place. Uh, and so, you know, I could see challenging myself for a week. 30 days just sounds so long. Um, but she talked about some some case studies where, you know, the 60-year-old, uh, you know, who did the whole 30 it made his knee pain stop and nothing else would work for his knee pain. But doing that, you know, it must have been something with inflammation. Um, and it also reversed his type 2 diabetes. Uh, he's, you know, some people that have, have had migraines and severe allergies have found that the Whole30 has reversed those symptoms. And I really do believe, so this is, this is why I do think that this is a cool thing for improving people's health is that I do believe that food can be thy medicine and you really can, you know, like you, you hear those cancer, you know, people with cancer who go on, you know, uh, kind of like a keto diet where they limit their sugar and, you know, they're eating whole foods with, with very, very little sugar and, you know, cause sugar feeds cancer cells and that along with other modalities has shown to, to help make for a more effective treatment plan with, in cancer treatment. So, you know, I think that, um, I think a lot of like my dad, you know, if he had just had some sort of balance in his life, his, he, he would have been, he would have lived 10 years longer you know, and he would have been much more mobile. And it's, you know, it's, it's, that's why I think, again, balance is important. But, um, so Lauren was then asking, you know, how you reintroduce foods. And this sounded very challenging. <laughs> she, Melissa was saying that basically, so you would eat whole, eat the whole food, eat the whole 30 way. And, but you'd incorporate wine. So you'd have, you know, however many glasses of wine 
And I don't know whether you do this for just a day or whether you do this uh, for a couple days with wine, but you then go back to the Whole30 for two days to, to kind of like cleanse yourself again. And you you basically see how you feel versus, you know, with the wine or without the wine. You know, do I like how I feel when I'm eating well, but I'm also having wine or do I not? And and what does that do to my migraines? What does that do to my inflammation? You know, so you can really be introspective about what that specific food group, whatever that is, whether it's wine or something else, how that affects you. Um, so you go back to that clean way of doing, then you add in another food groups. Maybe it's non-gluten grains, quinoa, tortilla, rice with dinner. And then again, go back to the whole 30 for two days to see how those non-gluten items affected you. You know, if they're, if you felt great, you still had the same energy level, no allergy returning, all that, then that sounds like a food group you can incorporate regularly. Um, you know, versus, you know, if you added in, you know, back in gluten products and you broke out in a rash again, you would understand that gluten is a problem for you. Or, you know, after being, you know, regular and having great gut health for 30 days, you incorporate cheese and dairy back in for a couple of days. And then when you and, and then you suddenly just get backed up and you have, um, you know, really bad gut health or, you know, you have, you know, s- symptoms from eating that dairy that you notice went away during the whole 30. Well, that's how you know that you're very, very sensitive to dairy, you know, or maybe you incorporate it and you feel great and you don't have any issues. Dairy was probably never an issue for you. You know, I, I know there's this whole gluten movement and I don't think I'm, I don't think that I'm negatively uh, impacted by gluten. I suppose it would be an interesting test to cut out gluten for a week and, and just see if there's a difference in the way that I feel. Um, but I also think it's, it's not something I've ever noticed. I I feel pretty good throughout the day. So I don't feel the need to do an elimination diet like this. But, um, but again, it's, it's definitely clear that some people really benefit from it and there's a true purpose to it besides weight loss. Um, and so, yeah, so it's a very carefully crafted schedule, uh, you know, a 10-day reintroduction schedule. I mean, it's a lot of work. You know, you definitely, you know, I, I would assume that the people that that are doing this, so I'm sure there's a lot of people that do it for weight loss. And I'm sure a lot of people have lost a lot of weight on it because if you don't eat, if you're used to eating processed foods and then you cut them out for 30 days and you're not drinking alcohol and you used to drink a lot of alcohol, I mean, most people will lose weight. Um, I, I know when the way I lose weight the fastest is just eating whole foods. Like that's it. Um, and so, so yeah, so, so it's that it's a very structured and restrictive elimination diet. Um, and you know, a lot of people have alleviated joint pain, acne breakouts. Uh, and, and Lauren was like, you have such a cult following. Like, how did this become so popular? And you know, I love hearing about the, the how these things start and take off because for a while, I mean, she she had such a good experience on it herself, like the way that Melissa felt on this plan, she said, was so positive that she wrote about it on her blog and it resonated. And then a couple hundred people wanted to try it. And so they all did it together. And the testimonials, she said, were just pouring in. 
Um, and so, you know, starting from, you know, a humble blog and, and her and just a couple hundred people doing it, you know, Lauren's like, well, how did you turn into this powerhouse brand where you actually have stickers on food when you go into the grocery store that says Whole30 approved? And that's like a licensing thing. And so, you know, Melissa was like by hustling, you know, she said she gave stuff away for free. She'd give talks, she'd give nutrition seminars, she'd talk to people about the program at CrossFits around the country, which is actually really strategic and smart. And and it was easy for her because she already had that network built. But it's, again, rabid people that are super intense and like structured eating programs. It's the perfect audience. I mean, it's it's genius, actually. Um and so she created the licensing program. She said she wrote her first book in 2012. And 2015 is when they're, you know, they published this really incredibly popular book that like went to the um, New York Times bestseller list and, and just really fueled the brand further. And so, you know, she said, you know, she talked about how back in 2009, diet culture was huge. And, you know, now there's a big segment pushing back on diet culture. And, you know, they, and Actually, Michael asked this. So Michael was talking about how he was curious about how she handled this pushback on diet culture. And, you know, he's talking about the juxtaposition to, you know, eat whatever you want, body positivity, you know, no no restrictions to, you know, to something like Whole30. And, you know, she he was asking her, you know, how do you navigate these really challenging waters? And... And Melissa's, you know, she said that she was just really interested to learn when when people talk about the Whole30 as perpetuating diet culture. And she's she's one to want to look at the content that she's put out to see if that is true, um, because she's, you know, and I love this because this is what this podcast is all about. Like, I've definitely been ingrained in diet culture my whole life. And she said she's trying to unlearn diet culture just like everyone else. So I very much related to her on that. Um, I think she's definitely more extreme than I could ever be in in the you know in a in a type of diet culture that um, you know that I I kind of saw the periphery of in you know working in the health industry or working in the fitness industry but working in sales not working as a as a trainer. Um, so anyway, so so she said that recently there was uh, this Instagram post that she had and this blog post that they had they had put up and she said that somebody had really like blown her up on Instagram and talked about how that post used very problematic language and you know she really looked at that and reflected on it and realized that there actually was problematic language being used and she wanted to change it immediately i think it might have been like calling some foods good or bad or you know putting labels on certain foods and I think it's it's phenomenal when when a leader like this in business can just take the feedback, look at it and want to change. And I think you see that with a lot of women led businesses because we care, we empathize, we are more emotional and can connect to our 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 community in a more meaning in a in a deeper way sometimes than men can. Um and so you know, the the, the topic of is all is all restriction diet culture? I think that this was a, a really good question. And I agree with Melissa where she said she doesn't think so. You know, she said she removes things based on the way that they make her feel. And she comes from a place of self-care with that. And I do too. Like I, you know, 
I always want the donut. If there's a donut around me, I want to eat that donut. (laughs) But I sometimes decline the donut because I know it's just not going to make me feel good. And I don't want to be in, you know, feeling you know, just the the way that a donut makes me feel, which it does, it's not a good feeling. It's, it's definitely a different experience than eating, you know, my, my superfood shake in the morning. It's, you know, so I, I really do, um, you know, I do, I do believe that some restriction is important, you know, for, for people and, and why they do it. You know, people that love dairy, you know, Dairy Queen or ice cream, but don't want to eat it because it makes them break out in in rashes. You know, obviously that's a reason to restrict. It's for overall health. Um, So, you know, so she really does think that, you know, not all restriction is bad. um, And that, you know, well, I think she, she was saying that, well, no. Okay. Michael, Michael was saying, sorry, I'm getting confused with my notes because I have two M's here. Anyway, Michael was talking about how this, this idea of, you know, just coming from it in from common sense, right? Don't, if you eat as much fast food as you want, you know, if that's what makes you happy and, and, and eating as much as fast food, eating, you know, three fast food meals a day, it's just, there are, there are, there are irresponsible ways of eating where you're just you're literally destroying your health, right? What was it? Supersize me, that guy that that ate fast food every day for how many days and and the toll that it took on his health. So I think what Michael is getting at, I think, is there's a place for health and there's a, a place for balance and there's a place to talk about nutrition and there's a place to talk about structured eating plans for specific reasons. Um and, you know, and Melissa was the first to say, look, if you come from a disordered eating background, you know, intuitive eating might be the way to go or, you know, but Whole30 might not be, you know, and I think that that's really important. Not not everything is going to work for all people. Um, you know, Lauren was talking about how, you know, she believes in the responsibility of the person that they need to take their own accountability for being triggered. Um, and that you, if you're being triggered, you need to go and do self work and figure out why that's triggering you and find other ways to manage it besides tearing other people down for how they want to live their lives. So again, I think that what they're talking about is balance in all this, right? And, and, and Melissa wants both. She said she wants personal accountability, knowing all methods are not for everyone, you know, but the last thing she wants is for the whole 30 to create worse mental wellness. And, um, you know, and she allows for that feedback on things that could be problematic and, and people are going to agree or disagree. You know, I've been torn down for the name of my podcast and I, I've responded to people on Instagram when I say, they're like, oh, you clearly are disordered eating you know, have a disordered eating pattern. And I said, well, I said, I struggle with disordered eating, you know, uh, you know, ideas or thoughts every now and then I said, but this, this podcast, the diet obsessed is also a play on words in terms of someone's diet is just what they eat in a day. Like that is your diet. And it sometimes it's just about the most delicious food that I want to talk about because I do celebrate food and I think people should enjoy it when they're going to have it. So it's a play on words. And so I'm obsessed with food, not because I restrict myself, but because I'm obsessed with with 
people's diets. I like to hear everything that people eat in a day. I like to hear when people are doing structured workout programs. I like to hear both sides. I like to hear the people that are eating super strict and healthy or clean or whole foods, if you want to call it any of those things, and the people that are eating, you know, more processed stuff and indulging and, you know, living their best life and not caring about their health. I also want to learn and hear about those people too. Um, I do think that there's an, I do believe, I do agree with Michael in that there is an irresponsible way of eating that takes a toll on the healthcare system. My dad was the biggest perpetrator of that. And I love you, dad, God rest your soul. But, you know, again, like he, he, his healthcare bills, which were, you know, insane, the insurance costs that, that, that our country pays for, my dad was one of the biggest culprits. And again, Love you, Dad. He took advantage of the system, and we all supported his health care, right? Because he, it took a lot to care for him at the end of his life because he didn't take care of himself through his life. And again, I, I, he, I wish he was here with us a decade or two longer because he did make better choices. Um, anyway, so... So, you know, Melissa, again, I really like her. She She talked about how... You know, Michael, Michael appreciates her message and he doesn't want her to have to hold herself back. I agree with that. I think I think Melissa's putting out a good message. She's big on tough love. She's very direct, but she comes with empathy and compassion and kindness and, you know, recognizes that there was an intensity to the CrossFit culture in the past. But she's very much focused on, you know, love. Um so, you know, she's she's big on learning, getting rid of of problematic language like good and bad. Um and then Lauren did want to kind of venture off into a growth mindset versus a scarcity mindset. I actually want to bring that up as a separate topic on another podcast because this is a huge topic for my own personal development that I'm working on. And so I will dedicate a whole nother podcast to that that discussion. Um, but anyway, I, I love, love, love the Skinny Confidential podcast, especially when it, when they have great guests like Melissa. Um, I loved her story. I love, I love the elimination diet for those it's right for, uh, the whole 30 diet. I now follow a few people on Instagram that are, you know, that are chefs that I am probably going to try some of those recipes. So I'll let you know what I've tried. Um, so anyway, well, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. I would love to hear your thoughts on it, whether you love me or hate me. Uh, and then DM me if you've done any of these diets. I would love to hear about your experience. If you've done the zone diet, if you've done Whole30, if you've done um, paleo or keto or any of those, I'd just love to hear what you've done. And I'd love to share it. And um, again, Follow me on Instagram at the Diet Obsessed Podcast. And in the meantime, until our next week, I hope all of you have a very balanced week.